Hey, everybody. Yes. No, no, no. It's not time for that yet. First, I want to take a second to talk about the newest PSP Insider episode that Chris and I did. The Insider series is a series of podcasts, premium podcasts, paid podcasts for Google Ads and digital marketing professionals. Basically, Chris and I are giving away the secrets of the business, and we are teaching people how to create a great business out of Google Ads management and also grow their Google Ads management business, whether they're a freelancer or an agency. One thing that's very important to growing a freelancer or agency Google Ads management business is getting the right kind of clients. And on the fourth episode, which is out right now, Chris and I covered the two what we call cash cow clients to Google Ads management. These are clients that account for a large percent of our growth, a large percent of our revenue. And they're also the kind of clients that stick with you for a long time, which is great for that recurring revenue. So if you're interested in the PSP Insider series, we recommend you guys go to paidsearchpodcast.com slash insider. You'll see what are there now, the four episodes we have on the business of Google ads, and you can uh, check those out. So we wanted to let you guys know about that. And now it's time for the real yes. to the paid search podcast yes (laughs) my name is jason rothman as always i'm joined by the great chris schaefer chris how's it going today how are you i want to know don't give me fluff tell me how you're doing um you know this weekend i have a uh, marriage conference i'm going to go to with me and my wife you think you'll ever need to go to a marriage conference jason i don't know i don't plan on cheating (laughs) <laughs> that is not it's not a okay well you know teach okay me sorry to, chris yeah. you gotta you All gotta right. keep in mind who you're talking to here i am the most successful google ads mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. person on the planet earth <laughs> and i literally literally have a client in every single business type that's ever existed ever. and one of my clients is in the marriage intensive retreat uh space so it's for ah. people who are having issues and most issues uh come from cheating that's not but, no. uh that that's what i thought you were going that's to so what, what, is, is. what is a marriage conference chris <laughs> it's it's something at our at our church where we are going to better our marriage not because one of us cheated dang it you know i thought i'd be a little sly you know and teach me to try and one up no chris this is such i'm sorry we'll get into the episode in a second but this is such this is a bs thing because everyone thinks oh chris is the nice guy oh chris is the nice guy the dad oh blah 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 no you start off this show i ask you how you are and the first thing you do is you take a shot at me a passive aggressive (laughs) shot at me that maybe our audience doesn't know about most of our audience because you always make fun of me how i have a long-term girlfriend Mm -hmm, who i mm -hmm. live with who i have a house with and we will get married one day not married but you always give me crap for that because we're not married and so (laughs) that's what you were taking a shot at with that little comment like do you ever think you'll go to a marriage conference so that's why i reacted chris that's why i accused you or your spouse of cheating i don't know which one it would be Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. took a shot at me so i'm gonna retract my shot i'm gonna be the bigger person bigger person and i'm gonna just say okay chris what's a marriage conference (laughs) 
So today we have a review from Ed. No, All right, no. look, Chris. If if you don't, if you want to just get down to business, we can get down to business. <laughs> yeah, so just, first, yeah. I want to thank today's sponsor, Directive Consulting. Directive Consulting is the go-to B two B and enterprise search engine marketing agency. They do it all for the B two B and enterprise clients who have these large campaigns across different platforms who need to get leads, SEO pay-per-click, content, landing pages. They do it all. They track everything. I've seen some of their tracking solutions. It impressed the heck out of me. If you're a B2B or an enterprise business and you know these clients are out there in the digital space, you know these leads are out there in the digital space, but you've had trouble getting them or you've had trouble communicating to other agencies what kind of leads you need to get, I recommend you guys go to directiveconsulting.com get a custom proposal. They know how to drill down and figure out the kind of leads you need to get. And then they know how to figure out how to get them from search engine marketing. We recommend you check them out, directiveconsulting.com. Get a custom proposal and tell them the paid search podcast guys sent you. I want to say thank you to Optio. Optio is an amazing Google ads software that provides real results on an easy to understand platform. So let me tell you about one of my favorite solutions that I use for all of my clients. I do need to sleep. Although I like to work and I'm good at it and I'm efficient, I do need to sleep. And sometimes when I'm sleeping, things happen that I may not notice. Optio has a built-in alert system that will email you when something outside of the norm happens with one of your accounts. So for example, if I have an account that has a huge spike in impressions or clicks or spend, or great news, had the best day in conversions or lowest cost per acquisition that it's ever had, Optio will email me and let me know that, and then I can follow up on that item. Wonderful system. If you want to take advantage of this extended six-week trial that they're offering the PSP listeners, go to opteo.com slash PSP. Look for the chat box on the right-hand side of the page. It will explain how to take advantage of a special offer they're giving only to listeners. And we want to thank them for their sponsorship. Thank you, Chris. And uh, today we have a review from Evan on iTunes. Five stars, the only way I like it. Title of the review, the only way I like it. He said, yes. Chris and Jason are the best. I have been binge listening this podcast, they have golden nuggets for days. The information is simplified and relatable. I can't get enough of it. Thanks, guys, for making me laugh throughout the day. Evan, thank you for the review. The reviews on iTunes and Stitcher send signals to those platforms that we've got a good thing going, and they share the show with more people, and uh, more people find out about the show. So that's the number one way you guys can help the show is leaving us reviews. And by the way, Chris, I don't think a lot of people have a good grasp on what we've got going on here. This week, uh, we were going over the numbers we got back recently. How many countries are we listened in right now? Oh, what's that? Over 100, over 100. countries we're That's listening right. to around the world and Australia. 100 countries I can't even and name Australia. them all. I don't even know. Probably half of them exist. I mean, it's that diverse. So thanks for listening mm. around the world. Beep, 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 ding, 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 ding. Oh, hear that? That's the sound of the news section. Highly professional time. So, Jason, what 
what what I want to say what bad news do we have this week? <laughs> well, Chris, you and I are becoming we're we're becoming like real local news channels. Like we're only covering bad news. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just bad news. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, this this news is uh everyone's going to love this. So, um Google came out with an article on their help section in uh February 26th. So it was just recently and then it was shared around all the major uh search engine marketing news sites and the title of that article and we will link to it is prepare for average position to sunset. So we will explain what that means, but we want to thank Greg on Twitter for asking about this and also Will from Victoria, Canada uh for writing in and asking how we're going to deal with the average position going away. But Chris, basically Sunsetting, I guess, means that average position column will be going away, according to this article from Google, in September of this year. So no more average position. And they are replacing that with uh, some new columns that they've rolled out, they say, in November. So they should be out there now um, when you add your columns. Impression absolute top percentage and impression top percentage. And then they give a graphic that the top is the top of the search results page, they highlight the top three positions. And then absolute top is the first position. And what they're saying is that average position is no longer a great way to go about things because sometimes the ads could all be below the organic listings and you could be in position one, but actually be below the organic listings. That's how I read it. And they're saying, we want to help you by telling you when you're actually at the top of the page. And Chris, I have an opinion on this, Mm -hmm. but um, Mm -hmm. I just, I don't care anymore. Like, I don't like this. And the reason I don't like it is because I have made a great business for myself and I've brought millions of dollars a year to Google from clients who continually spend on Google. The reason they spend on Google is because I help them get great results. One of the reasons I help them get great results that they like is because I I focus on the average position column. That really helps my management. It really helps it with bids with cost per conversion, with knowing how aggressive I want to be. It's just hard to verbalize, but I look at average position all the time. And what I wish, the reason I'm a little unhappy is I wish if they want to prioritize this impression stuff, okay, prioritize it, make that the default columns. But wouldn't it be nice if you just left in the average position column that we could add if we wanted it, if this is what we've been doing for 10 years? So I'm a little unhappy for that. But you know what, Chris? I don't care anymore. Like the interface changes, the help number when you call in changes. One thing working with Google is it's constant change. I no longer get worked up about any of this like a lot of people do online. I just take it as, okay, that's what Google's going with. I will adapt and I will continue to try to focus on my own business and make money. So I'll get used to absolute top. Will was asking how we plan to manage if there's no average position. I'm just going to do it. The options they give us. I'm going to go after absolute top and impression at the top and focus on those two metrics. And that's what my plan is, Chris. So I don't like it. I wish they would leave it in for us if we wanted it, but there's nothing you can do. And I'm I'm going to go with Google. I'm just going to go with the flow. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to miss it. Nobody likes change. And in the end, I have clients that tell me, Chris, I want to be number one all the time. That is one of their number one priorities is I want to dominate and they want to see mm. what position they're at. And they want to know that they're number one, 99% of the time. And it's okay. kind of upsetting that you know I can't necessarily show them that they're, I'm going to have to kind of 
educate them about that. I guess what Google's going to say is now put in your impression absolute top percentage. Yeah. And if your impression absolute top percentage is 99% or 100%, that means you're at the absolute top as much as possible. Um, And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, yes, it is a little hurtful. I am going to miss average position, but it's evolution. It's the way they're going, and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to go with the flow and thinking positively. Now that we're going to get impression absolute top percentage, maybe they'll give us reasons why we're not absolute top 100%, just like you do with search impression share. And so maybe that'll help our management and help us get our absolute top percentage even higher if that's the client's goal. So I think uh, there could be positives that come with it and uh, we'll all just have to evolve, but expect average position to go away in September of this year. All right, so speaking of change, we have some gentleman from Yorktown, Virginia, named Claus, who has a question about some changes that have been made that have directly affected his business. Let's take a listen. My name is Claus. I'm calling from Yorktown, Virginia. I am a bail bondsman. We would just like to know, as a company, how we would better serve or be able to advertise on Google since we have been banned from Google. Google, as of last year, banned bail bondsmen from advertising on Google AdWords. We were a Google AdWords advertiser for approximately two years, and as of last year, they deemed us as predators. We'd like to know what your input would be on that to help advertise on a platform that's singled us out and decided that we were unable to advertise. Again, thank you. All right. Well, thanks for your question, Claus. Yeah, um, I have had bail bond clients before. I I totally understand that uh, it was a phenomenally high conversion rate for the times that I've worked in the industry. I mean, it's one of those emergency services that uh, people need right now. And, And if you're able to get at the top, there's phenomenal conversion rate. It was a very good lead generating tool. And now it's gone. And you're not alone. It's a pretty crowded room that you're in because I was working with another client just this year uh, that was uh, a, a phone repair service. And those have been shut down as well. Or at least if they haven't completely, they're on their way. So, yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's a real concern. And the thing is, I don't really have a uh, recommendation of where to go. You know, it, Google has it's built its own system. They have the right to allow or disallow whoever they want, and we don't really have a say in it, and you can't really argue. Their policy team isn't really someone you can talk to. There's no way to call the policy team and get exemptions made. You have to go through a Google rep, and then they talk to policy team. So, Chris, can can I give my advice? Yeah, go for it. So, Claus, I'm looking at an NBC News article here. Bail bond industry suffers another blow as Facebook and Google ban ads. And the article goes on to say that Google is banning the bail bonds industry from advertising. So my number one piece of advice is, Claus, never spend another second worrying about Google ads. It it ain't going to happen, bro. You can call the number. You can ask for a review of your website. It ain't going to happen. You can complain and say, oh, I saw this other guy was still able to advertise. It ain't going to happen. They're being very clear. They're not running bail bonds ads, and that's the end of it. So my number one piece of advice is just 
accept that and and don't waste your time trying to fix it because it's out of your control. They're not going to allow bail bond ads. Now, people still search for bail bonds in Google. So what I would recommend is number one, have a fully optimized, fully engaged, fully active, constantly be trying to get reviews on there, constantly be filling it up with pictures and information. Google my business profile, because when people search bail bonds, Oklahoma City, the first thing that comes up are the map listings. Map listings are controlled by your Google my business. It's called Google my business. That's a platform you need to be up on. And then the other piece of advice is SEO. There's still listings there organically. Learn about SEO. Um, try to have a great website. Be the number one bail bonds in your in your area. Be the number one bail bonds website in your area. If you do that, the SEO tends to reflect the reality, and you can move up in the rankings and, and get traffic organically. But yeah, uh, it looks like Google. It doesn't look like it. I need to be clear. It's over for bail bonds on Google Ads. They're they're no longer accepting your ads, and uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for your question. If uh, you have a question, please go to our website, paidsearchpodcast.com and look for the contact us page. We even have a phone number that you can call and leave your beautiful voice and get it on this podcast. So Jason, let's channel back to our favorite senior living expert, Mr. Big Daddy Jr. We are building a campaign hey. for him. Oh, there. Yeah, I hear it. So, Chris, I'm just Chris. Uh, I know my campaign build's not going to be in for another week, uh, but I was just calling you to just check in. Everything going okay, Chris? Uh, yeah, Mr. Mister Big Daddy. I don't know what to call you, JR or Big Daddy, but both are. The first one's weird. But yeah, call thanks. Call me for- whatever you want to call me. Just make sure you say my name. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so yeah, I I just hung up on him. I don't like to talk to him. I take his money, but uh, I don't like to talk to him. Um, so uh, we're building this campaign for a fictional senior living facility that has multiple locations: Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, all in Texas. Uh, he has nursing homes, assisted living, senior living, and home care services. All of this for a $3,000 budget. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to get some stuff going. And we've built out campaigns. We've built out ad groups. We've talked about how to get all the settings and all that stuff right at the at the campaign level. So now we're going to get into, Jason, what is essentially the only thing that people actually see from what we've built. They don't see our keywords. They don't see our bids. They don't see our campaign settings or how delicately we built our ad groups the only thing they see is the ad copy and the landing page that's the only messaging that is actually shown to the traffic uh, outside on google.com so this is obviously very important this is our, our first upfront messaging this is the first thing that people see so there are a lot of ways that the great google has provided for us to be able to show people what we have to offer. I think for this purpose, let me know if you disagree, but I think for this purpose, our best bet is to go with standard text ads. Just go with text ads. I don't think I would do call only. And my reason for that is because I think that with the budget that we have, I don't think we can afford to pay 30%, 40%, 50% more per click and still be able to get Mr. JR's 
traffic volume in appropriately. I think that high CPC click is going to hurt us, which is very common with a call-only ad. It costs more per click. So for that reason, I'm going to suggest we go with text ads. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how to build and write and optimize text ads for search campaigns. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I agree with that. And um, for everyone listening, um, we are going to come out soon with a Google Sheet with a full breakdown of all the keywords, all the ad groups, and now all the ads. So you'll see the ad copy that we decided to go with uh, when we link to that on an upcoming episode. And uh, Chris, just quickly about call-only versus traditional text ads that take users to the website. I agree. I also would want to go with text ads here, not only for the reason you said where call only can be a little more expensive because it is sometimes more effective to get people on the phone directly for some advertisers. But in this case, when we went over the the build notes initially, the goal was to get lead form leads. Uh, And we don't want to tie up our staff on the phone because they're going to have to come out and visit the property anyway. Um, So we want leads and leads come from the website. Lead forms come from the website. So website ads are great. So talking about our options there, just to close on call only, actually, one thing I like with the new interface, Chris, is there's no more call only campaign versus a regular campaign or any confusion around that. Campaigns are the same. It's just one search campaign. And now when you go into an ad group and you click the ad button, the blue button, you can either add a text ad or a call only ad. So I like that they're in the same campaign because the only difference was the ads back in the day, call only versus traditional. So I like that it's all in the same campaign now. But since we're doing a regular text ad, the first thing we have to talk about, Chris, is the difference between text ad when you click that blue button to add an ad in an ad group versus responsive search ad. What are your thoughts there? I've got my own thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So when we first talked about responsive text ads uh, a couple months ago, I believe, um, it was the new thing and it was just starting it to, to get released to all the accounts. And I was willing to give it a try. I liked it, but I'll tell you, I've backed off on it a lot. It's not part of my standard anymore. What mm. I've realized is as a lot of people were saying from blogs, I was reading the click through rate CTR is not as good. And it's because there's so many ads that they test it's like you set it up and you're immediately going to have to give it like a month. I mean, depending on how much the campaign's spending, you know, if, if it's a moderate spend, like 500 bucks a month, something like that, it's going to take a long time to get through those and for Google to accumulate enough data to make decisions about which ones are performing best. So you essentially take a click-through rate hit immediately. And it's an algorithm system, a computer system that's going to dis- just arbitrarily pick different headlines And some of those may not make a lot of sense. You know, like if I were picking them, I wouldn't put line B ahead of line A, but the system will do that. And it doesn't look entirely good on, you know, on, on the screen. So in the end, I've bounced back to my old, you know, expanded text ads rather than responsive, just because I just didn't like the lack of control that I was able to do. Um, But what I do now is I create more. I used to create, you know, two or three ads. Sometimes now I'll create four or five ads on um, some heavier impression, heavier click ad groups, because I do like the, mm-hmm. the the idea of having a whole bunch of variations, but I still like to control them a bit more. 
Yeah, I guess um, let's talk weaponry for a second, Chris. Mm. If I'm dealing with like uh, a home invader and I want to stop them, maybe I'll pull out my pistol because I need to actually hit something, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to rev up the Abrams tank in my backyard and try to get the home intruder with that. Like right. if there's an invading army, it's time to roll up the tank. And my, my uh, comparison there, what I'm doing is I'm saying with text ads like you, I have found myself going back to them and primarily only using what are called just regular text ads because of the control, because I can control the situation with responsive search ads. I look at that as the tank, to the text ads pistol. Like yeah. it's powerful. It's a very cool thing, but I don't know, like, what am I going to do with that on a thousand dollar a month campaign right? Exactly. Uh, with a hundred impressions in this ad group? It's just hard to know how to use that right now. So I'm kind of keeping it in my toolbox. I'm watching it evolve. I'm using it every now and then, but there's so many spaces in there to fill up. I just have not found myself using it that much. For that reason, because it's so much to fill up, and also because I haven't, like, I have not gone back into a responsive search ad and been able to go, like, okay, you're saying this headline has a great click-through rate, I'm going to use that. Like, I'm just not getting a lot of data back yet. So, yeah. I'm kind of using it as something I can pull up when I need it. It's like a tank if I need it. But my day-to-day -day workhorse are the text ads, Chris. And the text ads, so let's go ahead and open one up. Uh, recently these have changed a lot. Like over the time we've been doing this podcast, I can't even remember what it used to be, but it was very, very small. And now we have three headlines up to three headlines that are 30 <laughs> characters and then two descriptions, uh, up to 90 characters and then two paths, uh, after the URL for 15 characters each. Chris, that's a lot it's a ton. Uh, to yeah. work with. And I, it's just a lot to work with. So I'm, I'm very happy with text ads myself. Yeah. I love the fact that I no longer have one headline and I can make one point or one call to action or one feature or one benefit in each ad. It used to be when you wrote an ad, you made a decision about, okay, this ad's going to push on price point or this ad's going to push on uh, you know, it's a special offer, click now kind of thing, or right. uh, or act now, call now type of stuff. Now I can put multiple things in one ad. And that's, I think that's a phenomenal improvement. And thinking back to the day when we were talking about the news of losing those ads on the right-hand side of of google.com. I mean, we were, we're like, oh, you know, that, that sucks. You know, now we're only going to get three at the top. But the benefit is what we've gained is the ability to put basically a small paragraph of content right on the top of Google touting the features and benefits of our clients, uh, of the product, of the service. And it's wonderful. And I'll tell you, so for the people listening, the biggest thing I hear from people whenever I do training is, Chris, help me write ads, you know, and, and I start to build ads and write ads with them. And they're surprised. They say, well, don't I need to use Skag so that I can put the individual keyword in each of the ads. If it's uh, for Movers Oklahoma, don't I need to put that exact phrase in the ad copy? And so rule number one, we're going we're gonna to have about six points here. Rule number one is this. No, I don't think Google would advocate. In fact, I'm certain it's on the test. It's on the qualification score test that you do not 
have to have the keyword in the ad copy. You do not have to create a system that only has that exact keyword in the ad copy because it's not always the most relevant way to bring a person to click on your ad. Just repeating what they said is not always the best way to approach being relevant to what the person is searching for. Chris, that's a great point. I've got so many thoughts on that. I can't even spit it out fast enough. That's a question I get all the time too. That seems to be a very like 2002-ish, 2005-ish approach to search engine marketing, having the exact keyword in the ad. And Chris, I'm I'm guilty as charged. I, I used to be in that mindset, but I've gotten away from that. And no, I don't think you have to have the keyword in the in the ad or at the top of that, the exact keyword. Um, and Chris, here's my rules with text ads these days. There are no rules. I have been humbled and I don't have any like formulas, any kind of like guidelines because there's so many options these days. This is like literally what I do and what's changed for me. I'm willing to throw a whole lot of stuff at the wall. So I wish I could say, oh, I could write the chapter in the book on ad copy and you have to use these kind of persuasion tactics and these keywords and this and that. Not really. I just, when I make ads, I kind of get in there. I look at what on what's on the client's website. I put myself in the search user's shoes and I kind of go, okay, what can I say? What's allowable to say based on their website? And then what would I want to see as a search user? If I was searching this keyword, what would make me click? And then I try to come up with something based on that. So for me, in the last couple of years, it's got way more on the art side versus the science side. And there's so much space with the ads. There's so many ads you can do in an ad group. I'm throwing a lot at the wall. But generally, I'm going back to what you always say, features and benefits. But for me, the way I verbalize that is I put myself in the in the search user shoes. So that's my strategy basically with ad copy. I look at what's on the client's website. What can I claim and what's okay to say in the ad? What am I working with? combined with what would I want to see as a search user? What would solve my problem? What would make me click? And that's how I come up with ads. That's the Rothman PPC approach as of 2019. I love that imagery of less science, more art. I think that's very well said there because I think that's where we're at at this point because we don't know how people are going to react. And so you have to basically throw spaghetti at the wall, right? And see what sticks. So the idea is now, since you don't just have a formula of put the keyword in the ad copy, the next question is, how do you pick your ad copy then? So for Big Daddy JR's campaign build that we're doing, the first item is we're going to need to use the call to action on the website. So if we're doing the nursing home build, the nursing home is the call to action on that page is going to be schedule a tour, right? Um, right. And then for the uh, senior living, let's say the call to action might be call now for availability, something like that. And then in-home care, uh, it might be request a quote, Right. So your first item there is create consistency between what's on the landing page, what you want them to do on the landing page and what's in the ad copy. So whatever you essentially want them to do is what you would put somewhere, whether it's headline one, headline three, headline two, put that in one of the headlines. And my suggestion is rotate mm -hmm. that. We'll get into you know which headlines to use, but rotate that. Maybe one ad, you put it in headline one. Maybe another ad, you put it in headline three. And so then... From there, where we go is, okay, so I've got my call to action. 
what's my content? Like, how do I hook them? And that, and what, I, what we've been alluding to is, is number three features and benefits. Give a very brief uh, explanation of this. We've talked about this at length in old podcasts, but basically a feature is the fact that the uh, senior living facility that big daddy JR is selling has uh, trash compactors in each of their uh, facilities, right? They have a trash compactor in there. That's, that's a feature. Okay, a benefit is the fact that they don't have to take out the trash anymore. There's a trash compactor that compacts it down and then you can drop it down and shoot. You know, you don't have to walk the trash out. This is a benefit. So you only, you know, easy trash disposal would be the benefit. The feature is in-room trash compactor, right? So that's the difference. The benefit is more of an emotional appeal, whereas the feature is more of a scientific, factual appeal, okay? So apply that to the industry that you're advertising, and now you've got an endless list of ways that you can try and hook people, okay? So you've got a call to action, got features and benefits, and then uh, what other things do you usually like to, to push, Jason? So Chris, features and benefits, just so I'm clear, a feature would be on-site swimming lessons, and then a benefit would be stay healthy, um, that you can stay healthy with exercise classes on site. Exactly. So like feature is yeah. what it is, benefits, how it helps them. Yeah. Okay. I got what you're saying. And I, I like using all that stuff. And Chris, the way I'm formatting things these days is description one and description two, to get technical with people, are 90 characters each. And I don't think Chris has ever actually sat down and writ- written something that's 90 characters long. I don't know if he knows how to spell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, buddy. I'm just kidding. I've seen your tweets. Your tweets are great. I'm just kidding. Um, Chris, 90 characters twice is a lot. That's a lot of characters. Yeah. So what I find myself doing with the ad copy to both be able to create a lot of ads and test stuff out. I use the same descriptions in line one and two. Not not that one and two are the same, but I fill out description line one. I fill out description line two. I'm using things in those description lines that can apply to most ad groups. And then I spend my creative juice playing around with headlines one, two, and three. So Mm -hmm. that's the way I've been doing it lately, Chris. I might have a description one and a description two, uh, Big Daddy JR's nursing home, assisted living, nursing home, uh, senior living. We we do it all. Serving Texans since 2002. So I might have more general generic stuff that can fit every ad group in a campaign. And I'll paste those ads in editor across every ad group. And then what I'll do is I'll go in there and I'll really put a lot of time into playing around with the headlines to make them specific for each ad group. The the reasons are the following. One, descriptions are long. And if you're making ads for a bunch of ad groups, you want to paste them in there. So you want to have something you can move quickly quickly with. The bigger reason why is because when you do a search yourself, whether you're on desktop or mobile, where does the eye go? It goes to the big blue headlines. And I think those primarily drive 
conversion rates. And when I'm testing ads, I'm testing those a lot more than playing around with my descriptions. When I'm coming up with different headlines, when I'm making ads, I'm making, I'm putting a lot more creative energy and making a lot more variations with those headlines, just trying a lot of different stuff like, uh, Texas nursing homes. Okay. It's just like a keyword, but then I'll try one like new home for mom or great senior living option or something like that. I'm trying a lot of different things with the headlines. What is your breakdown in headlines versus descriptions and where you put your energy, Chris? Yeah, you're exactly right. It brings up a really good point. I put uh, creative juice into writing maybe three, let's say three to five different descriptions. I rotate those around differently for each ad. So it might have description one and description five, and the other one is two and three, and then the other one is three and four. And and essentially, you know, they don't all look exactly the same, but they're all kind of rotating across a different template. And then I write my headlines. So I've had clients that have told me, can you put this in the description? Because I really want people to know that they get a $200 discount if they spend $500 or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, right. I'm like, put that on your landing page. I mean, people don't read description lines and take it as gospel unless they see it on your landing page. Don't use the descriptions as your main call to action. This is just additional information. And this brings me to another point. The next point down is that be aware when people do a search, what is going to be most obvious is because it's bolded. And when is it bolded? It's when they use a word in your ad copy as one of their search terms. So if they use the word Dallas and then you have Dallas assisted living, the word Dallas will be bolded. Okay. So when you create these, create areas like uh, geographic terms or key details like the word assisted living, senior living, home care, make sure that's at least somewhere. Not saying copy the exact keyword, but make sure it's in there because when it's bolded, that's what catches people's eye. Whether it's in the headline or the description, that's a different discussion. Yeah, Chris, the, um, the Google's constantly updating things. The bold is specifically in the description. So if you have like a search like nursing homes OKC, then in the description, if you have OKC in there or nursing home, it'll be bolded in the description. So that's what they're doing with the bolds these days. Um, Chris, you also like using numbers, percentages, prices in the headlines. Why don't you break down why you like trying that out? Okay, so we've talked about using letters, right? These are all words, letters. It can blend very easily. It all looks the same. It's all words, words, words. Imagine suddenly you have a dollar sign and then the word 2000 you know, written out, I'm talking like dollar sign two comma zero, zero, zero period zero, zero, the longest way to write out 2000. This really drives someone's eye to an ad. Suddenly they're seeing prices because get real people. That's what you really look for. When you go shoe shopping, the first thing you look at is maybe like the picture of the shoe and then you scroll down and look for the price. I mean, that's what you care about. Mm -hmm. So Imagine if you were to try a couple of these ads that had percentage discounts, you know, 20% off in, in February or things like monthly rent starting at $500. You've done two things. You've driven their attention straight to the ad. And number two, you just scared away Mr. Cheapo who only wants to pay about 250 in the monthly mm -hmm. rent. So you've qualified your click. 
And you've also gotten attention where the first guy just uses a bunch of keywords and, and normal words without any numbers in the ads. So this is something I love to do. Break out maybe one or two of the ad headlines with this tactic and see how it performs. And Chris, going back to what we were saying about putting yourself in the search user's shoes, the way I would tie in the focus on numbers with the search user is if I'm searching for a place for my parents who are going into a nursing home, I'm worried about small, disgusting places where it'd be really bad to put them. Like I'd feel bad about that. So how could you use numbers? You could go, over 50 locations in the state of Texas. And then that tells me it uses a number, catches eye, but then it tells the search user, oh, okay, this is one of the big options. This is a, a big provider. This is an established company or over 4,000 nursing home apartments available in Texas, something like that. And, and you can you can put yourself in the search user's shoes and still use a number. Now, speaking of putting yourself in the search user's shoes, both Chris and I always love trying out local geographic terms in the ad headline. So if you're a nursing home in Houston, let's think local geographic terms, United States nursing home. Shake your head, (laughs) Chris. Are you actually listening to me? (laughs) I'm just doing a test because I said something ridiculous. I heard you. And you shook your head. I'm I'm still And you're not listening to me. And this is why you're going to marriage counseling this weekend because you shake your head yes. You think you know what I'm saying. You don't know what I'm saying. I do. I need you to, you hear me, I need you to, Listen to me. Okay, that's going to be Chris's weekend. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say about that after uh, when he gets back to me next week. But Chris, uh, yeah, of course, not the United States in this example, but Houston nursing homes, five Houston nursing home locations serving Houston seniors for over 20 years. Um, you, You like those geo terms. I love them. It's a big, scary worldwide Internet. People are always trying to scam people. People are scared of what's going on on the Internet. They want to feel local. They want to see local options. It works really well with keywords and search terms. And uh, both you and I think it works well with ads. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's let's get down to specifics here for one final thing about how to build, you know, all these ads for all the different ad groups we've created. So quickly, each of them have themes. So each ad group that we've talked about has a specific theme. You stick to the theme and the naming structure that we had before should be very clear. It should be Dallas Assisted Living or Senior Assisted Living Dallas. It's going to be very obvious by the way that you've named the ad groups. Go listen to our previous episode about ad group naming. So how many do you have in each? I'm going to say at least three ads. And, you know, that might be too little if it's going to be an ad group that's going to drive a ton of clicks if it's going to be 90 percent of your clicks from one ad group maybe you have more ads in that one and ones that you know you think maybe has a little less maybe you put two in that one but i'm going to say as a rule of thumb try and create at least three ads per ad group and with the system Mm -hmm. that we've talked about it should be very straightforward especially with adwords editor copy paste copy paste wham bam and you've got a ton of ads created and the way that you choose whether you're going to do a different ad is you each one has a little difference in the headline. This one has a number in it. This one has a uh, a reflexive question. It says looking for senior living in Austin. 
question mark. This one has a price point in it. This one has a discount number in it. Um, all that kind of stuff. That is how you rotate each of the headlines and try and get uh, different results for different ones. Yeah. And Chris, um, I'm, I've got an ad open here in the platform and it says, nice work. Your ad group has at least three text ads. This helps Google show your best ad more often. So I think three as of right now is the magic number. So you want to have at least three. Um, and I would just encourage everybody to don't be scared to try something crazy or new with yeah, your headlines. True. You have you. There's no reason you can't have more than three ads. You can have five, whatever. But if you have three ads, Try something and you want to try something out, just try it out. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Just try it out. Oh, wow. And uh, you, can, you can, yeah, old school. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so you can try out something totally off the wall and just see if it works. And I think just to recap here, kind of our general tips are number one, let the pressure slide off your back. There doesn't need to be any pressure with ads because. You can't go wrong. It's just what you want to try out. It's what you think search users want to see, and you will get data to judge you on how it does. You can look at the click-through rates on different ads and see how they perform. You also don't need to feel any pressure because you can look at your ad groups and your keywords, and that can guide what your ads are in that ad group. It's very simple. You're targeting people searching for whatever they're searching for, the ad should match that somehow. Yes. You should be giving people what they're looking for. And how you want to go about that, there's no pressure. I mean, try features and benefits, try numbers, try putting yourself in the user's shoes and thinking what would make me click, what do I want to see, what would solve my problem. Um, and then our other tips are you got a lot of space to work with the descriptions and we got a lot of ads to make. So both Chris and I usually put something in the description that is good, but can also fit many of the ad groups. And so we can paste those ads across the ad groups. And then we spend our creative juices on what we think people focus on the most when they look at the ads, the headlines, they're the easiest to change out and get results on or get data on. And uh, that's where we put our focus in terms of testing a lot of different stuff out are the headlines. And Chris, I think, uh, I think that about covers it. Yeah. All right. Well, we like to always mention our sponsors who help us make these episodes possible. Optio is a wonderful AdWords software that can help you get things done faster and easier. An extended six-week trial, rather than the normal scrubs out there who only get to try it for a little bit, you get an extended six-week trial to really find out how great the software is. That's optio.com slash PSP. Look for the chat box on the right. Tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring the show and give them a try. I guarantee you'll like it. Both Jason and I use it and we appreciate them for their sponsorship. Yep. And I want to thank Directive Consulting, Directive Consulting, B2B Enterprise Search Engine Marketing Agency. So if you have a big enterprise campaign you need help with, a big B2B campaign you need help with, we recommend you check out directiveconsulting.com and get a custom proposal for SEO, pay-per-click, landing pages, content, whatever you need help with. So we want to thank Directive Consulting. Chris, that is it for the ads episode. This was so smooth. We're getting so good at this. I just feel like I don't get enough Chris Schaefer in my life anymore. So <laughs> I think I'll be filling out the form on your website. I'm going to just booking start time. <laughs> getting an hour, booking the time, and you're going to kind of be my AdWords therapist. Okay. I think uh, you yeah. should start offering that service. So uh, everybody send in your questions and uh, 
We've still got a lot to talk about with this build. There are a lot of different options in Google Ads, demographics, remarketing, YouTube, extensions, observations, landing pages. We're going to go deep on this uh, Big Daddy build, and uh, we look forward to doing that over the coming episodes. We'll see you next time on the Paid Search Podcast.